I came to Mark one day and I was like, look, we have to make a decision. We're either going to go full on with this or let's just, or let's just drop it. You know, there's no point in just going half, half in, half out. And ever since that day, my life has never been the same. That voice you just heard was the voice of Diego Maello, co-founder of Inform Stats, joined by his fellow co-founder, Mark Lirabors. Diego studied business management throughout his time at Endicott and brings over four years of operations management experience from Wynn Resorts. Mark also attended Endicott College, earned his bachelor's degree in sport management, and went on to complete his MBA in 2018. In this episode, Mark and Diego share their journey playing NCAA Division III athletics at Endicott, quitting their full-time jobs and starting informed stats in the middle of a pandemic, seeing immense growth throughout the year, and even meeting and talking shop with the New England Patriots quarterback and fashion icon, Cam Newton. So without further ado, let's hear from the founders. Welcome to Fuel Your Fire, presented by the Angle Center for Entrepreneurship. This podcast is produced by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. If you want to build your own business, lead your life, and achieve your dreams, you've come to the right place. Boom, we're live. Diego and Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Welcome. Of course. Of course. We're excited to have you guys on. Um, right into it. Do you guys want to start by telling us a little bit about yourselves? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Diego Melo, graduated from Endicott in the class of 18. And I'm here with Mark. And we co-founded Inform Stats, a sports tech and video company based out of New England. And we look to, to cover all kinds of sports and tech for athletes, coaches, teams, and trainers. And uh, that's, that's the business we have, Mark. Yeah, I'm Mark Lairbors. I graduated from Endicott in 2017. I also got my master's from there um, in the fifth year program. I study sport management there. So um, ultimately, yeah, we decided to start Inform Stats, a sports technology brand. Um, really excited about the impact it's having and also the opportunity to sit and uh, talk with you right now. I have to say, every time I engage with you two gentlemen, I'm always buoyed by the energy that you bring every single time. <laughs> thank you thank you we try we know we try to bring that sports energy really shows through um spark tank and then diego i know we've known each other for almost three years now and just your growth over the years has been absolutely incredible and really special to watch so uh, we're really excited to have you guys here today thank you like we said we're happy to be here and happy to share our story so let's get right into the real action so you guys both endic alumni how did you make that leap from endicott to really starting your entrepreneurial journey yeah, great question. Um, so for me, I've, I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. I think Inform Stats is probably the, the fifth or sixth company I've tried to, to launch. Um, even through college, I've always been trying to figure out, you know, I, I've always been intrigued by how the internet and um, social media has allowed people to make, you know, make strides and moves towards their own business, which before just really wasn't available because there's so many opportunities at your fingertips. So I always was intrigued by how people were flipping online or buying small and, and selling or maybe wholesale selling, reselling using Amazon. So I was always trying to find like, what's a simple little uh, product that I could make for cents and sell for, you know, triple the price, um, you know, have failed every other time before informed stats. But um, I've always been that, that kind of that having that entrepreneurship mentality. And then, you know, once Mark and I started working on Inform, it was like, okay, this is another level of, of idea. This one can really, can really go places. Uh, and it was more than just a simple product. But all of those experience helped 
for sure um, mold, you know, the, the knowledge I had on starting a business for Inform. But I think Mark is a little bit is a little bit different than me on that. Yeah, for me specifically, um, uh, while I was at Endicott, I didn't always have the entrepreneurial bug. I was still bit heavily involved in football and rugby. Uh, I was a tour guide. So I did a lot of different things. I even had multiple side jobs or summer jobs to kind of keep some money flowing in while I was playing sports. But ultimately, as I got out of uh, Endicott and got into the corporate space, I had a lot of similar experiences where I was just building skills from a lot of different places. And really afterwards, I started to get more of an entrepreneurial itch with just the information I was um, really digesting. And some of the people like Diego, I started to meet and uh, get that energy from. So for me, it really just started with a mindset of trying to solve more problems around me and come with solutions and from there it's kind of how inform was really inspired it started with our personal journeys and really just understanding we could have a bigger impact because a lot of these everyday athletes teams are are facing the same issues i know we're going to get into the technology that you guys use but what, what came first for you so, so sort of like chicken or the egg the, your business relationship, knowing that the two of you are going to do something together and then the business idea or the business idea. And then, okay, this is, this is the person I want to be my business partner. Yeah. Great question. So uh, for us specifically, so uh, Diego and myself, we, we met previously. Uh, we met towards, I want to say Diego's senior year of college of my, uh, my grad year um, towards the end of our, our, our time here at Endicott through some mutual friends. And eventually we were both working in the city and um, ultimately ended up living together. But um, same thing, it just came with that entrepreneurial spirit and itch. Um, he was someone that became a real good friend of mine as while we were roommates. And ultimately I was in my room one day and um, just thinking through uh, how I could start a side business or start and make some extra income with something I'm interested in. And uh, it started with simply understanding Chris Brickley, who's a famous basketball trainer that trains like Carmelo Anthony, James Harden, and a couple of other players. And I just kept thinking to myself, man, how does he train all those players and keep track of their video, keep track of, you know, their stats or like what information for what player, like how he, it's almost like he needs a team around him to provide him that, that information. And then same thing, I started to think about, you know, my process and I was like, man, it was hard to get video in itself when I was trying to go to college. I'm sure he's probably going to have a hard time managing all that video anyway with his MBA clients. But essentially I was like, oh, he probably needs his own dedicated um, sports analyst or video person. And, you know, maybe that's something from a career standpoint, I could use my skills at the time I was a data analyst at a cybersecurity company. So I was like, oh, maybe I could you know, use my experience, turn it back into sports, which I got my undergrad um, at, at, in sports management. So maybe I could kind of tie in all my skills and help solve maybe an issue for him at the, the highest level. And then really I stepped out of my room and started to talk to Diego about it. And um, from there, it's almost like a light bulb. I saw go off in his head too, where uh, he came back to me within a week and, you know, the idea, I, I, I proposed it to him and, you know, he kind of digested it, 
provide some quick insight. And then a week later, he's like, hey, Mark, I, I came back and I found this, all this market research. I found this information. Did you know that only this percent of athletes end up playing at the collegiate level? And I was just like, oh, wow, this guy's real serious. So from there, it was just kind of like the idea just kept um, rolling where I was like, oh, he's serious. Like, I got to pursue it now because I know from what I know Diego to be in his um, different um, business ventures he's trying to launch. If he sees something, he's going to try and do it. So I, I, I like that energy he provided for me and I wanted to match that. And then really it came with a lot of conversations. We, we spent probably eight, nine months just doing market research, having a bunch of conversations in our, in our, um, in our living room where we would be hashing out the ideas, reviewing the market research and recording ourselves and just continuing to iterate on the idea and ultimately just learning more about his recruitment process and our, our recruitment process. That's really how we came to mold into informed stats and the value it could provide. Wow, that's an incredible story and one Deirdre and I were really looking forward to hearing because you know what? We didn't know. We didn't know how you guys met, whether it was a friendship to start or business partners to start out. But that really leads me to my next question. And I'll start with you, Mark. What did you see in Diego that led you to want to work together? What characteristics? Uh, yeah, great question. So uh, specifically, me, me and Diego have an interesting uh, chemistry. Uh, I feel like we're very similar in ways, but also different where, you know, for him, I always noticed he was a doer. Like if he's going to say or do something, like he's just going to find a way to get it done or like specifically with his hours at his previous nine to five. I'm like, man, this guy, like regardless of if it, it switches to an overnight shift, whether he has to work an 18 hour shift, like whether he should take a day off and he probably doesn't, like this guy just continues to go and and do but also he always had a positive mindset and like energy about it where I would, I would it kind of inspired me to look at things in a similar way and also too I just found it so fascinating that we were born on the same exact day in two different countries same day same year um so for us we kind of always hit it off in that way and then also understanding that and as we got to know each other I think those per, uh character personalities really helped me and um, really provide a balance for me. So that's where I see he stands out the most. I think that's, so all the podcasts we've done, that's the oddest coincidence that Josh and I have heard about. So it's birthdays on yeah. the same day. That is sweet. Right. And that's incredible. Um, the characteristics you saw in Diego, because I saw that firsthand as well, uh, playing soccer with Diego at the collegiate level. And then now in working with him over the past year, but now Diego, we'll move on to you. What did you see in Mark that wanted, that led you to want to work together? Yeah. Um, and thanks for those, for those words, Mark, I appreciate it. And it was good to see, and, and just to go back a little bit, I remember early on when we first were talking about inform, uh, I came to Mark one day and I was like, look, we have to make a decision. We're either going to go full on with this or let's just, or let's just drop it. You know, we're, there's no point in just going half, half in, half out. And ever since that day, we, my life has never been the same. Cause Mark just came, Mark is so innovative that every day he would come with what, but Diego, we talked about that last night, but what about this? What if we could do this? And then I would go and do the market research and find, you know, what the numbers would look like. And then we'd come back and Mark's like, wait, but no, wait, what if we offered, you know, the whole club this and what if we can do that? So like Mark is so visionary where I kind of lack in that sense. Um, but at the same time, I think our biggest strength was we would talk about it at night. And we would wake up and work. 
we never talked about things twice. When we talked about it at night, we would brainstorm, go back and forth. And as soon as we woke up in the morning, it was, we wouldn't talk about it anymore. It was, what did you find? Or who did you contact? Or who reached back out? And I think that's a strength that we both have that it makes us mesh so well together because we don't, we're not flashy in the sense of we want to tell everyone our great ideas. We would rather just work hard and show the proof is in the pudding than really talk too much. I mean, it almost turns us off the, when we talk so much about it because it almost like things tend to go bad when you talk too much about it. You know, it's almost better to keep things between you and just get to work. Um, and Mark has never been, there's never been a day where I'm like, Mark's not been working on something that we're both, you know, engaged on. And I don't think we've ever had to say like, Hey, I need more out of you. You know, we're both always just going on the cylinders and it's because we love what we're doing. You know, like Mark said earlier, we had, we would spend at least six to eight hours every day speaking in, in the living room or in the kitchen. Like as soon as we'd wake up, it was like, we couldn't even help it, you know? So uh, just a, a tip for anyone out there. If you have a third roommate, be, be, be careful of them. Like be conscious of, <laughs> of their living space as well. Uh, because you don't want to like talk about the same thing around them too much. But, um, but like I said, it just goes back to, it was something we loved so much. And it was, we always knew that like, if we could work at a sports field every day, I think, we would love that, you know, that's not even an office or a job to us. Like that's the environment we would want to be, be in until we're 60 years old. So we knew that early on and that helped us keep going. Cause we always knew like we would love this no matter where it took us. And that that's, that's something really good that I always kept in mind. So Mark, let's tell our listeners about informed stats. Yeah, absolutely. So informed stats, we're a sports technology brand. We like to say sports technology brand because um, we truly want to continue to innovate as um, sports continues to be impacted by technology. So we look to provide um, different video and technology packages to athletes, trainers, and teams that allow them to utilize what the pros are using or what D1 athletes are using. And that's essentially to help them get better exposure, to get more increased recruitment opportunities, and then ultimately just to know your body, know yourself as an athlete, and ultimately get better. So uh, that's really our goal. Um, our team is made up of former college athletes. So the sports we're involved in, we all come with collegiate playing experience or our partners come with direct collegiate uh, playing experience. So no matter how much of a fan I may be of a certain sport, like basketball, I used a basketball example before. Um, I'm a big basketball fan, probably bigger than even football and rugby, which I played. But if you see me in person, I'm only five six. So uh, there's only so much advice I could give to a six four basketball player. Um, as big of a fan I am, it makes more sense to hear from someone who actually played the sport and understands the sport beyond just, hey, this is what the numbers say. So that's really our goal, um, using our experiences and using the information that we know. Uh, providing that context around the technology, around the video to best service it to these athletes, trainers, and teams. Right. And it's incredible to see your growth with all these different sports um, so soon in your journey. How long have you guys been running Informed Stats? Um, Informed Stats specifically, uh, we launched originally as a podcast to kind of bring credibility and also bring some information to understand, hey, this is how technology is impacting sport at the highest level. We formally launched our services in July. So for about the first six months of uh, 2019 going into uh, 2020, we were 
strictly podcast. Hey, informational. Hey, these are the people we interviewed. These are the programs utilizing tech. And then we formed our first partnership and uh, we were able to launch our services in uh, July, which was still during obviously the pandemic and the current situation. And uh, really from there, we've just continued to innovate services on top of it. Which is a testament to both of you, because obviously we don't want this to be a podcast about COVID, but think about that. You launched in the middle of a pandemic, and here we are hopefully coming out on the other side of that, and you've been building your, your brand and your business all throughout that. Yeah, and, and it's funny, we were just talking about that. We, most companies are... Um, were, I guess, um, in person, and then they had to switch to virtual. But for us, it's always been virtual. And we're now starting to transition back into an office setting. So it's a little bit backwards. And there's not a lot of people that can help us with that. But um, it's just an interesting dynamic. And if we're if we're able to run our processes in our departments virtually, um, you know, it goes to show imagine what we could do if we were all in an office setting. So it's, it's been a journey and, and a learning process for sure. But a lot of good has come from it. Yeah, definitely a learning process. I think what I learned mostly going through it is it could pro it provide those early challenges and hurdles where it's, you know, you know, you really want it. Like I never um, questioned I, how bad I wanted it or how bad Diego wanted it or, or our team wanted it. Um, you know, the pandemic just provided unique challenges and hurdles that we probably would have never have faced, but I think ultimately are going to leave us more prepared Um you know, once things are truly um, where they need to be from a health and safety standpoint. So uh, I just, throughout this whole process when we were launching, I think it allowed us to kind of stay patient and kind of understand the certain um, circumstances, really paying attention to the market research, really pay attention to the admin setup of getting our business set up correctly and making sure we have our domain and we did our website three or four different times and we try to film different podcast episodes. So it allowed us to focus really on all of those core things and getting it right first before going straight to, hey, this is what we do. Can you buy our service? Can you buy our product? So um, it gave us a certain level of discipline. And also kind of as a, a reminder, sometimes with adversity, some of the most innovative companies come about. So um, throughout this happening, just being surrounded by certain information, I knew, hey, Uber and certain companies that are really doing well now were birthed in the financial crisis of 0809. So if you're able to, you know, survive and really um, provide innovation and solutions throughout that process, you know, maybe you turn out to be hopefully one of those Ubers or Lyfts or one of those companies that are impacting the world. So um, I think just understanding that most companies were facing a digital pivot throughout that time we had to start and understand, hey, what's what's the root of what we're gonna do in this kind of new realm and new space of being impacted by the pandemic? And how are we gonna be able to pivot back, like Diego was mentioning, to more physical, a more in-person presence when um, restrictions and um, certain guidelines are starting to be lifted? No, it's very smart of you guys. And it's clear you guys both do your research. That's for sure. And it shows through. So going back to when you guys started, if I'm doing my math correctly, you've been running services for just over six months now and building the brand of Inform for over a year now. So what's keeping the fire? What's keeping the passion alive? Um, yeah, I can, yeah, for sure. I can get into it uh, for, for me. And it might be a little bit different for both, uh, for both of us. But for me, it's been able to hear, hear back from some of our clients 
and see just how it's been able to impact them. Um, you know, one for me has been seeing kids get recruited based off uh, of our tape. So we've had a couple of kids um, receive offers, you know, the following the weekend where we were able to provide them video and to be able to understand that on a deeper level that we're changing the trajectory of these young athletes lives. We're changing, you know, where they're going to study the, the friends they're going to make, um, you know, the, the, the games they'll be able to play and the relationships that they're going to make. And to be able to, to, to impact that in a way is makes the hard work worth it. You know, it, it, when you can, when you see those kids, thank you after um, or those parents and players, that's what keeps me going. And that's what makes me want to say how, all right, well, if, if I can impact those three kids, how much can we do? Uh, how many kids can we impact uh, and change their lives? So having that, that ability at our fingertips always makes it worth it and, and helps us keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Diego really nailed it uh, for me as well. It was just seeing the impact early on. Obviously, uh, these times brought specific challenges where, you know, athletes are losing out on full seasons or they don't know when they're going to be able to return to play. And ultimately, you know, you still may be a junior in high school or you still may be a senior in high school. And if your season gets canceled, um, that's 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 big and potentially you, you being able to play in college. So I think early on being attached to certain uh, private showcases like earn your rep, where we're able to see how thankful some of these athletes are that now that, hey, I don't even have the opportunity to play my sport this season, but I get to attend this event and I get video from it. That was early on for me. Like, all right, we're, we're, we're right where we need to be and targeting the right people. And then also too, we just kept getting um, questions, kept getting inquiries. Hey, do you guys do live stream? Hey, do you guys do live stream? Or eventually I looked at Diego. I was like, man, these cameras don't do live stream, but I know we could figure out some way to do live stream. I don't Come to, come to find out, you know, Diego does his whole research thing and he comes back and, hey, Mark, I got an idea. This is how we could do live stream. We're going to stream it here. This is how they're going to get access to it. And boom, we're able to offer live stream. So like one specific story for me, we, um, we were doing a um, indoor uh, soccer uh, futsal tournament where no spectators are allowed. Um, teams are only allowed when, while they're playing. So we were able to set up a uh, live stream for all of the teams available. And we had a grandma reach out to us from California. She's just thanking us. Thank you so much. I have, a, I have an eight-year-old uh, grandson, a nine-year-old uh, granddaughter, and I've never been able to watch them play up until now. And I'm here in California. So I just want to thank you guys for providing the service. And, you know, that's someone we impacted we've never met. Never got to meet her grand grandkids as well, but to see we're having that impact already across the country and on people's lives, like that's a memory sake for her for for the rest of her lives and also for her grandkids. So to me, that that lets us know we're we're having a bigger impact. And that's a big deal, Mark. What you just described because that meant you're listening to your customers, right? It wasn't a fancy focus group for you to figure out what you know what should be in our in a future feature release. You were hearing live stream, live stream, and you had the empathy enough to listen to that and not, you know, not the ego to say, well, that's not on our product roadmap. You know, this is, we're going this way. You heard live stream and you were open and receptive to that. And, you know, that's, a, that plays a great role in the evolution of your, of your product live stream. It's an, a, it's a whole nother vertical that you can go down. No, absolutely. Deirdre. Um, I want to go back to, uh, 
thanking Diego because he called me a visionary. But um, I, I don't know if I necessarily look at myself in that way, but I would say, you know, as someone that can be considered a visionary, it's important to not get too wrapped up in your vision and being able to listen to either your teammates, your partners, your, your team, or simply what the market's telling you. Because at the end of the day, uh, Diego and myself had a lot of conversations. You know, what I wanted to do um, is very focused on tech, very focused on sports data analytics and providing context for athletes. But uh, D Diego just kept reminding me, hey, you know, base video's gotta be a foundation. Cause Mark, look at our stories. We will like, we can't pass over video and go straight to tech because we didn't even have video in the first place. So if we make video a staple for every person we come across, then we can incorporate. So I think for me, that's what leaves it so exciting for what's to come for informed stats. And then ultimately too, yeah, the market will tell you if you're just willing to listen. Right. And sometimes Josh and I see entrepreneurs who are struggling, it's because they've fallen in love with their idea. And that they're not willing to give up on that idea. So, which might be a nice segue to my next question. So you two are in your business relationship and you agree on a lot of things. What happens when you disagree? How do you navigate that and come to a place where you both feel like you've been heard? Great question. I think it's something really important that everyone building a business um, should keep a close eye on. And Mark and I have never, like, it's never personal, right? Like we always keep it. This is a business that needs to be run. You know, we're all, we're friends, but we, we have to find the balance between that. And even like having some of our team members who are our friends, keeping it businessy and not, not having personal relationships in it. But between Mark and I, the first year, like Mark, like we were saying, we spent so much time just conversating. So we got to know our personalities uh, really a lot before we actually started digging in with like hardcore negotiations and what we want to do here, what we want to do there. So you know, sometimes I'm talking with a client and I already know what Mark would be saying if he was sitting next to me. He would be asking certain questions or would be questioning certain things that they're saying. So I know that going into it. So I can somehow start to start to maybe ask what he would ask. So when I present the idea, I'm like, hey, this is, you know, I know you would have thought of this and here's what I got out of it. Um, and we always trying to focus on what and really important is, is uh, what's right and not who's right. Um, and I think you just have to really be egoless in that and uh, be willing to be vulnerable enough to say, hey, you know what? I never thought of it, like, not never thought of it like that. And I see what you're, I see your point of view. I, I understand that. I, I, I think that's going to be the best way. And, but also being willing to, to kind of speak up and say, hey, you know what? I've been thinking and I think that maybe we should try this or I've seen somebody else use this method. Um, and we've been so good at just hearing each other out. Um, and just focusing on what's right. And I think that's really, really helped us along the way. Um, listening always more than you speak and, and just trying to always understand their, their point of view and perspective uh, and just leave your own personal feelings out of it. You know, sometimes it may be hard when, when you're really passionate about an idea, um, but the conversations we have are just really high level and we keep it real businessy. And we always speak about why we feel that way, you know, and, and bring reasons and examples and we always end up agreeing at the end. Great. I think we're, we're on to something now. We're both happy. We're both marching in step. Um, so it's, it's bound to come, right? There's going to be disagreements um, like any relationship, but you have to kind of really trust each other and know each other and then, you know, move on and keep going. So yeah, that's what I would yeah, say. For sure. And that's how you build that trust. 
uh, for me specifically, I didn't want just people around me that are just going to tell me what I want to hear, just agree with every idea I bring to the table, because you're not going to get the best out of yourself or just ultimately what you're doing. No, I don't want to feel like I always have the best idea or I'm always the smartest person in the room because it's it's only feeding your ego at, at that point. There's no need, you know, there's plenty of experiences I've learned from Diego or information I've learned from their team. And that's just simply understanding that like, Hey, everyone has a skill that you're brought into this for a reason. You know, just like I saw a skill in Diego, same thing goes for the rest of our team. Everyone's brought in for a specific reason. So we try and bring a culture together where you are able to speak up. We, we let it known in our interviews and in our meetings, Hey, we're straightforward guys. So um, if you feel like something can be done better, if something needs to be improved, uh, feel free to speak up. And with that, just being able to explain your reason. I think that's just the biggest thing. Um, Diego, when he provides a suggestion, when I provide a suggestion, when our team provides his suggestion, there's a why behind it, not just, hey, I think it should be this way because it's because I'm saying it and it should be this way. So um, it helps bring a, a level of trust too, where I know like, hey, he's filtered through his decision process or you know how he goes about questioning things or I've done the same, or, hey, he's been able to run it by someone else. And I, I know it's a true informed decision, pun intended. <laughs> there you go. And just those <laughs> characteristics and values you were talking about are so crucial to success, not only in a partnership, but also in working together and building a brand. So I want to dive a little deeper into some characteristics. I'm speaking about grit, determination, and work ethic. For any of our listeners who don't know, Mark and Diego were both working full-time jobs while running Inform Stats, which I'm sure was an incredible grind. And just a few weeks ago, you both took the leap and quit your full-time jobs to go all in on Inform Stats. So what's the greater vision there for the brand that motivated you to use and in addition, where did you find the courage to even take this leap? That's the big, the big leap that every entrepreneur faces when they start a business, uh, or most of them, at least if, if you're working two jobs. But um, going back to, the, to starting in a pandemic, it was, it was a blessing in disguise, I would say, because what it allowed us to figure out was, you know, during the pandemic, most, most everyone got furloughed. So Mark and I were at home, um, and it showed us what we could do when we're working on Inform full time when we didn't have to go to our jobs and we could wake up in the morning and just get to work all day long, uh, day after day, it was like, Oh, wow, this is what we can produce. Like we're taking leaps and bounds as to where, when we had our normal jobs, you know, it was, can we meet a couple hours here, you know, working out our schedules. So for one, it was eye opening. like, okay, this is what it would look like if we took this full time. I, I like this, you know, this is looking really good. Um, and so it kind of helped, uh, you know, helped us see a little bit into the future. So we knew what we could do. And then when we went, when the, you know, the furloughs ended and everyone went back to work, it was like, Oh man, like we just took our foot off the pedal. Everything slowed down. So we we both were like, we need to get back to that point as fast as possible. Um, and then as we started, you know, the pandemic helped, we were able to bring in clients while we had that time to work. Um, and, and so for me, it made it easier and easier as time went on, as we started to gain more traction to take that leap of faith. Um, and ultimately it was, a, it was an easier decision for me. It's not like I had to, I had to just drop everything, quit my job and go. Um, I think life, I mean, in just the way, I guess, destiny and, and the universe, it was just like the, my job, it ended up kind of churning sour. It wasn't a good fit for me anymore. And inform was picking up just when that was going down. So, um, 
you know, I was in the hospitality world and because of the, the whole pandemic, hospitality is not looking like the best industry. And I was just like, this is the perfect time to jump. It was almost like I was getting pushed out of the nest without having to really take a big giant uh, leap that I felt that I felt was super risky. So I'm glad that, you know, things just happened the way they did. And timing was really a big part of it. Um, everything felt right. You know, it didn't feel like I was rushing anything. Um, so, but, but, you know, understanding that if we could do it, if we could see results when we were both doing the double jobs and just understanding where we could have taken it, if we just devoted our, our whole time to it, that's really what, what we, what we saw. And we're like, we need to get to that as fast as possible. And it made that, it made it easier. Yeah, definitely. I think early on the fact that we live together, uh, we don't live together anymore. I ended up moving out um, last, what, June, July. So um, early on, those first three or four months, um, I was still working, uh, but I was working remotely. So at least for my nine to five situation, it didn't change too much. It was just the fact that I was home. So really, I could wake up early, work on Inform, get started with my nine to five. And then as soon as my nine to five is over, I could just shut my laptop instead of, you know, taking an hour to drive home and sit through traffic. So I think those gaps of time where I was just able to shut my laptop off and just head to my living room and work on Inform, it helped early on because we were able to get a lot done. Now, some of the challenges um, for me, it was a little bit harder because as Inform continued to progress, um, I was getting opportunities at my nine to five as well. Um, I was getting, um, you know, different projects or different assignments that would increase my workload at, at, um, at my nine to five. And then also too, I would have to consider, Hey, informs growing, informs getting, um, getting bigger. So I don't have weekends off like I normally would too. That's when informs thriving or, Hey, you know, we're going to have team meetings at seven 30, eight o'clock at night. Um, so just working those 60 hours a week, 70 hour weeks, it, it was, it was crucial early on. And then ultimately I, I started to get a better understanding, um, of kind of what's the best way to utilize our time. There was one day where Diego looked at me, he's like, man, like we just utilize each other a little bit more for breaks and, um, workload and, you know, taking days off. Like there's two of us. And for me, that kind of let me know, like, all right, like, you know, he, he may have had some more extra time, but also he's looking to pour back into me and make sure I have some extra time where I'm not getting overwhelmed or I'm not flooded. He still understood I had a nine to five. So ultimately, as the business started to grow for Inform, I, I, I ultimately had to make a decision and be honest with my nine to five as to where do I see, um, you know, my, my career tra trajectory, where do I see myself growing and ultimately just freeing up my time for the nine to five allowed me to structure more time around Inform. So I wasn't working restless and working 70 hour weeks. I'm now working 40 hour weeks, but we're now working a efficient 40 hour week between Diego and myself and our team to get a lot more done earlier on. And by the time I'm ready to rest up, I'm ready to rest up. But it comes into that, just really um, understanding that I had Diego, who was very supportive. He, he was able to take the leap before me, but he was encouraging the whole way. Hey, take your time. You know, I got this. Um, nothing to worry about. Like, we're good. You'll be, you'll be um, like me in no time. And then also too, just having loved ones around you, my girlfriend, uh, you got to spend a lot of time. So, you know, I probably spent more time with Diego than I did my actual girlfriend at certain points in time, but 
being able to have someone that truly believes in it as much as you do, um, that, that does help. So, you know, paying attention to your loved ones, your family members, your friends that truly support what you're doing and understand that, Hey, time may be limited, but, um, I believe in you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, that transparent story there and how important it is to have a support system behind you. So Diego, how about for you? Was there a work-life balance when you were first starting this thing out, when you were working your full-time job and informed stats, or was there really just no, no time for that? Uh, it was, it was all blended. You know, it was all, those days I would pull because I was working at the casino and like Mark mentioned, sometimes I would work overnight, which I took to my advantage because what that meant for me was I have time during the day to get all this stuff done with Inform. Um, so, you know, I, I just felt like there was no way around those 18 hour days. But again, to me, I, I enjoyed working on Inform stuff. It, it didn't feel like, oh man, I got to do more research or I got to look for clients. I really liked it. So I just, I was happy that I had the days, the hours in the day to get work done. And then at night, Hey, I got to go crank my shift. Um, but like I said, and eventually you're going to have to realize that, all right, I'm going to have to make a decision here um, or else burnout will happen. So, uh, and also too, I'll be honest as an entrepreneur and you start to build a business, I started to see my job, my nine to five differently because I, I could see the internal structure differently. I can see, what, why they had certain rules in place and how they had their discipline in place and how different managers worked, CEOs, um, the, um, the director of department. So I would go into the job. I'm like, well, I'm a business owner too. So I know what's going on here. I know what kind of tax um, strategies they're using. I can see why they're paying employees this way and not offering this. So I, I, I couldn't go into work the same way I would before where I was just trying my best to like, to, I guess, uh, you know, try to promote myself well and, and try to work really hard to that next position. I was just, I couldn't, I couldn't go into the building the same knowing that I was just a business owner as well. Um, and so I took a lot from that. And, and I think eventually, like I said, life just made it easy for me to jump, but for any entrepreneurs out there, get, you know, be willing to work those long hours and, and really pour out your, your life into it. Uh, and you, and you'll, you're going to see good work in return. Uh, but don't be afraid of it. And, and I obviously have people around you that'll, that'll ease you off too. Like, you know, my girlfriend yeah. would pull me off and say, hey, Diego, you know, enough, you know, you've worked too much or you got to be careful with that. Um, and that's why having a partner is like the best possible thing I would say, because when I'm down, Mark's there to pick me up and, and vice versa uh, to give each other breaks. I don't know how people run businesses on their own. I mean, it's, you could, you don't have a minute in, in the day for anything else. Um, so yeah, I hope that answered the, the question. So speaking of getting picked up, you've, you both have had a couple of pretty cool announcements in the past couple of weeks. You took a trip to Dallas and uh, it was on your, on your Insta. So you did some work with Cam Newton. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So uh, uh, specifically uh, we've had some recent deals where um, we pr provide film for a circuit. It's called Pylon 7 on 7. So well-recognized uh, football circuit around the country, they, um, host different events in major cities. Um, so a lot of these athletes who play tackle football, um, they play seven on seven in the off season. So you have a lot of four-star recruits, five-star recruits that are using this as an opportunity to be seen by more scouts, more coaches in general. And uh, really that, that early relationship was to get more uh, focus on those athletes, you know, being able to provide high quality video that can get a four-star, five-star athlete more looks. 
that was our ultimate goal. So um, we were able to start by going off to film an All-American event for them that was at the top of this year. And it really uh, just turned to the, them reaching back out to us and wanting to start um, getting filmed for their circuits. Now, it turned out uh, Cam Newton, who's, a, who's obviously quarterback for the Patriots, um, in his offseason, he sponsors a lot of um, seven-on-seven teams and even coaches one himself. So one of his teams was going to be at the Pylon 7-on-7 event, um, and he was uh, there coaching as a head coach. So uh, lucky for us, we were there providing our services. We're on the sidelines. We're providing high-quality video, and we get the chance to pitch to Cam and the rest of his staff. And um, that really is just the opportunity of being there um, at the right place at the right time with a great service and product where um, they're able to understand the value, and ultimately for us, we're able to we were able to show and just provide some examples on, hey, this is the film. This is what we do. Here's how we're trying to help athletes. And he was there for two days. So um, we were able to get film of his team as part of the event and, you know, hope to follow up with him and hope to get the opportunity to to, to um, film for future events for him and his team. But it was a, it was a great opportunity overall. But you know what, uh, Mark? There might be some luck in all of that, but it was also because you both were prepared. If you didn't Absolutely. have that preparation, you could have had all the luck in the world and you wouldn't have had that moment. And, you know, maybe, you know, something, you know, down the future, which uh, leads us to our next question for their future. It's an amazing story. And I remember seeing that not only did you guys film for Cam Newton's team, but Mark, I believe I saw a picture of you and Cam Newton on Instagram, which was super cool. So that leads me to my next question of where do you guys see informed stats in five years? Yeah, absolutely. Great, great question. And yeah, ultimately, Cam was uh, a very receptive person. Uh, uh, we we just so happened after the game and after events, because while they're coaching, you don't want to disturb them too much. One thing I liked about seeing him in person, like he's a real down to earth, real uh, receptive guy, but also you could tell he was really present and in the moment. He was there to focus on the kids. So we let him focus on the kids. Once the game left, he left. It just so happened the event ended two hours later and we were driving off and we saw a small group surrounded by Cam Newton. So we hopped out the car and were able to, he waited around, took pictures, got to talk to us, looked us in the eye, got to check out our video and just really took the time to be in the moment and, you know, just listen to what our pitch was and take a picture with us. So really thankful for that. Ultimately, um, where I see Inform in five years is having a lot of those same opportunities, you know, becoming a nationally uh, recognized brand that's impacting in uh, multiple major, major markets, um, really launching a video platform so we can start to have all of our um, different video options like live stream, our ball tracking cameras, our uh, trainer videos, all of that video content all featured on our website and ultimately continuing to innovate and provide um, opportunities for athletes with stats, with metrics, and really access to other technologies. But uh, we like to think uh, video is the core foundation of what we do. That'll serve as a branch for some of the other opportunities, but being able to provide multiple resources for, for athletes, trainers, and teams, that's our ultimate goal in the next five years. That's perfect. And we love to hear that. So before we close it out, uh, Mark and Diego, we always like to provide some value for our students, uh, our listeners on Feel Your Fire. So could you guys give us some advice for students to really help them stand out, not only in the workplace, but if they want to build their own business or wherever, they, wherever their dreams lie? 
Sure, absolutely. It's a great question. Um, I, I'll, I'll share two things. For one, uh, early on, you're not going to have maybe the reputation or, uh, you know, the giant client list to be able to show other you know, new clients and, and you really don't have a lot of proof to show. So always be on the lookout for, for pro bono work. If you provide a service, reach out to some clients and say, hey, let me work, let me work with you for two, three months and show you what I can do. At the end of those three months, you're going to have enough case study to go approach another client and say, hey, look what I was able to do for this person, except the next time you actually charge. So that first time, yeah, you might have to put in some, some sweat equity and some hours uh, on the side on your, on your own time to build that. But at the end of, of four or five months, you could have five or six clients on your list that now you can use to show other people. So early on, you know, really just try and, and provide value to other people with nothing in return. And, but, but leverage that, use that, use what they're giving you back to market yourself, you know, make 20 Instagram posts out of it, show the metrics, show what you can do. And then next thing you know, you're actually going to have paid clients. So you don't want to do that for a long time, right? That's six, six months in, you want to do that. And then you could start to say, all right, everyone else, you've seen what I can do. I don't need to prove anything else. Let's start to charge and really find out what your value is. And, and that's going to come through those six months. You'll be able to say, oh man, I didn't know it was going to take me 280 hours to make that calendar schedule. I need to make sure I'm charging this much if I'm actually going to do this. So doing that's going to help you gauge your value. And, and that's something we've been able to learn. We were extremely undervalued going into this. We were, we were charging a fraction of what we charge now uh, for video. And, and over time, we've started to realize like, all right, this is a lot more valuable to these teams than what we're, what we're assuming. So early on, look for pro bono work, get your name out there and use that as leverage. And then um, the second piece of advice I would say to, to really the, the biggest thing that I've been able to learn, and I don't know who quoted this, so try to Google it if you can, but, but it's not becoming a millionaire. That's the important part. It's who you must become to be a millionaire. That's important. And I want people to really take that in. It's not becoming the millionaire that's important or having a million dollar idea or creating a million dollar business. It's who you must become as a person to achieve that level of success. It comes with sacrifice. You have to do what 99% of the people out there aren't willing to do. Be the first one in and the last one out. Your job never stops. You're always on the clock. Um, and, and over time, you're going to have to develop habits that will lead to that success. You cannot run a successful business if you're waking up at 11, you're not eating right, you're not exercising, you're not organized, you're not planning anything, and you have zero communication. You, you just can't, no matter how good your idea is or how good your product is. So if you want to run a business, it's developing yourself personally, which is going to help the, the success of the business uh, in return. So I think, you know, people just need to, just to start to look differently as, as to the success of the business. It's not always, oh, is the service good enough or is the product good enough? Is, is the team behind the product doing what they need to do uh, and have the, the healthy habits in place? to where this, the business is gonna naturally be successful. So those are two things I would, I would offer up to new entrepreneurs to, to keep in mind. Just, that's some great advice. Yeah, I would say going off of that, uh, being able to um, build a team around your vision and maximizing their, their strengths are important um, because you're, you're allowed to, um, there's a quote that says you run fast at, as one person, but you run further as a team. 
you're allowed to do more, you're allowed to um, contribute to more ideas, and ultimately, you know, find, find out, you know, whose strengths are where you don't want to, as a business owner, you don't want to be doing everything, showing up everywhere, making every single decision. Um, you want to be able to have trusted people um, that can make informed decisions and really um, help move the company forward. And uh, this was a, unorthodox advice, but I would also give it out um, since we went through it. Uh, how long are you really willing not to pay yourself to see your business grow? I think that's something that really helped Diego and myself early on. Um, our commitment level, our sacrifice, um, it never wavered based off of how much money we were making or how much we could pay ourselves. Uh, really up until we left um, our nine to fives, we didn't really go without paying ourselves. A lot of it was reinvested back into equipment and technology or reinvested into the staff members around us that probably needed to get paid. But um, ultimately we always worked as if we were being paid and some of the opportunities pro bono work, traveling or whatever, because we put it back into the business instead of just paying ourselves, you know, pennies on the dollar, it allowed us to take more quantum leaps. So I would say early on when you're building this business, if you're afforded the opportunity to have another job or have another income, uh, use that to fund your lifestyle. And if you can put more money into the business, but as your business starts to, to grow and generate income, generate profits, see how long you could go with truly paying yourself by at least investing a little bit more into the company and investing a little bit more into the team to help it grow bigger so that you can eventually pay yourself. If I can give anyone advice in the listener or, and if I can share any advice for anyone in the crowd, I'd go back four minutes, get out your notepad and write down those gems they just shared. What a great way to go out. And Diego and Mark, it has been an absolute pleasure having you guys on. Guys, I really appreciate it. We had a blast and I really hope we provided some value to some listeners. You guys are amazing with what you're doing with this podcast. So shout out to you guys really being able to share so much knowledge and value to, to the listeners is tremendous. So round of applause for you guys. And thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us and what you continue to do and provide value from a podcast to Spark Tank to some of the other programs you provide for students and beyond um, true, truly helps. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for having us. The podcast Fuelia Fire is brought to you in part through a generous donation from the Cummings Foundation. If you or your business would like to get involved with Fuelia Fire, drop us a note at ecfuel, that's E-C-F-U-E-L, at endicott.edu. Thanks for your support.